This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, ascending Arabs eyeing ex-amateurs. And Rotten Ref couldn't ruin Dundee. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And joining me this week as usual are Alan Temple. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And sick boy George Cran. Hello. You feeling better, George? A wee bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll try my best to get through. Hope it's not contagious. Yeah, well, is it contagious? Oh, that's, I like to be generous with everything in my life. <laughs> in that case, let's all move away no. from George and start <laughs> with United this No, week. you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry. As I was trying to say there, George, we're starting with the United next week, so you can have a wee nap. Okay. Alan, told you they would win at Inverness. Left it late. Hello, hey, hey, hey. As long as you scored before the final whistle. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a, a performance of guts and character and all that good stuff that's required in the uh, in the championship, particularly in uh, circumstances that were less than ideal. Second successive week that they've had a. A player sent off. Um, I know there was a little bit of uh, disappointment with the decision. Jim Goodwin thinking the player, Charlie Gilmore, had, had made slightly too much of the the second booking for um, Jordan Tilson. But personally, I, th- I thought it was. I thought both bookings were justifiable. I thought the second challenge, four minutes after you've just been booked, was very very silly for a player that's thirty years old and has played more than two hundred and fifty games. I think that's probably where the blame lies more than. Charlie Gilmore making a little bit too much of the challenge, but that gave them a real um, test going into the final half an hour. And just like against Morton when they lost Matthew Cujo, United merited their, their win, particularly in the last sort of 10 minutes. Clearly a very fit team. Um, they, you know, they keep going to the end and they had a couple of half chances even before Chris Mockery scored. And despite it being one of the ugliest goals you'll ever score, it was a it's a fantastic moment. It's... You know, it would be lovely to go up there and win 5-0 and everybody would be think, talking about champagne football, but, you know, you guys have all been away fans at, at games. I think that's probably even more memorable what yeah. happened. You know, that moment where, you know, fans spilling onto the pitch and real catharsis and uh, real fighting spirit is a, a moment when uh, fans look back on their travels this season and look back on memorable moments that I think they'll, they'll really enjoy. And it builds on that sense of momentum without United being, I would say, anywhere near their best. They are excellent defensively, really, really good. However, I still think they can do a a lot more in the final third in terms of creating chances when you look at the 11 players they've got on the pitch. So um, that in itself is a positive. You know, they've done the the structural stuff. They're hard to beat, they're hard to score against. And now you take that and hopefully build a few more sort of uh, attractive performances. But for all that there's room for improvement, top of the league, unbeaten in nine, uh, joint uh, best defensive record in league football in Scotland, uh, along with Rangers. There's very little to complain about, even if you could um, suggest areas in which they could improve. Yeah, and Bear, as Alan says, 15 minutes to go away from home, you're 3-0 up. As a punter, you're actually starting... At times to go, I wonder what time I'll get home tonight. <laughs> and you're, you're obviously happy, but you're you're almost moving on from the game. Score an injury time, a winner. 
There's no better time to get a goal. Mean, that takes up an hour of the journey, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. And, and, wasn't. and there's, there's quite a few hours on the journey coming back from Inverness, I've got to say. Yep. Um, great result. Any result up at Inverness is, is a terrific result. And to, to get it in that manner when you're down to 10 men, I feel like a double victory for Dundee United. But as, as Alan says, what I'm seeing with Dundee United is, is based on defensive solidity there were obviously a bit of, there was a bit of criticism for the goal they lost against Morton but it's been that's been the one blip I think this season the defence has been outstanding and you know you've spoken about it and they can win the league by October and uh, that's not going to happen obviously but oh if, yes if, but, but if they can keep that defensive solidity going throughout the season they will win the league and they'll win it with a few games to spare because they're giving teams no hope of, of, of getting goals and as you can see they get up the park the other end and, and they sneak a goal um, so yeah Jim Goodwin will be absolutely thrilled a bit the way things have gone so far it's early days but his side uh, do look the standout side in that division at this point in time we're only sort of heading towards the start of October but I'm looking at other teams and you're seeing weaknesses in other teams. Consistency, isn't yeah. It? It's always I don't consistency. see. Any, I, I'm not seeing re any real weakness in the United States. It, and it's credit to the manager because he has shuffled up that defence. You know, you, you see all the new faces: Walton, Grimshaw, Holt, uh, Declan Gallagher. And but I noticed that, that Sybil is back now. I noticed that Doherty plays as well. They give you added added yeah. strength in Steel. that back line, and they're making it very difficult for teams. And you know, they're, they're, they're top of the league and. Um, you know, they've just got to keep it going, Tom. They've just got to keep yeah. it going. It was worth, it wasn't something I was going to mention, but since Bear brings him up there, it is worth a shout out to Craig Sibyl because he was not intended to play 90 minutes. It was his first start in a long time and uh, down to 10 men. Um, there was a, a couple of enforced changes in that engine room and he was running on fumes by the end of that <laughs> game, but did not stop running, did not stop uh, hearing into tackles and it was a really gutsy uh, performance from, from Craig Sibyl but in terms of uh, proper which has been the hallmark of his short time so far yeah absolutely it's, it's great to have uh, to have him back but in terms of the, the the real standouts and not just on Saturday but this season Kevin Holt and Declan Gallagher were colossal uh, they won every single ball in the box for context Declan Gallagher made 14 clearances and Kevin Holt made 10 clearances between them 24 clearances just numbers without context but see the Inverness team the entire Inverness team made 23 clearances maybe the big context about that is this is Dundee United this yeah. is the best team in the league so yeah. far so you don't expect them to have to make that number but you will need to though yeah, because teams ah, are going to pepper uh -huh. your box that's what the championship's about there will be periods under pressure where they're going to be shelling the ball into your box, they're going to be on. And if you've got players that win every challenge, Inverness had to deal with as many entries into their box as as Dundee United did. Mm -hmm. The difference is mm -hmm. their centre backs didn't win every single one of them, yeah. basically. Um, mm -hmm. So it was um, th those two put that partnership as so far and away the best in the league that it's. Uh, almost to the point where it's a nonsense that it's in the championship. It really is. It's particularly Declan Gallagher, that a player that was in the Scotland squad as recently as September 2022. <laughs> you watch him play and go, "This, I mean, it's yeah. a bit silly, really." Is mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's great for Dundee United to have him, but you almost think to yourself, well, "Why are you spending a season in the championship? He is, he is that good. He is that dominant." Yeah. Uh, hey, it just popped into my head there when you were saying it's silly, but it seems to be modern football. You've got the boy David De Gea. 
goes from Manchester United, number one in Spain international, he's maybe going to retire because he can't get a <laughs> club that he feels suits his abilities. Now, that's maybe a wee bit arrogant, but it's... I think does, it shows, does, it shows the size of his balance the, at this point in time yeah, as well. Aye, it, 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 <laughs> it does tell the tale. But what, what I was actually going to say about the point that Alan was making there, George, I don't like to add to your recent illness... Why are you going to ask me? As a Queen of the South oh, man who, who spends his working life covering Dundee, historically you are our, our championship expert. Yeah. And for all, it's a th- it can be a thrilling league. As Alan says, the box gets peppered with uh, balls and at, at both ends in games and stuff like that. But very often the key to the championship is if you don't make a mistake, the other defence will. And that seems to be where United are coming from this season. Yeah, well, very much the case. I mean... There's a reason all these players are in the championship. Yeah. On on the whole, um, it's because I mean you've talked about this plenty of time over, over the years that they're good defenders for maybe eight eight minutes of the yeah. game, and then they have that one mistake, and that uh, that's the difference between Premiership and Championship. And it can be the case of just holding your nerve at times and, and holding the other team out, and then you will get a chance. That's, that seemed to be the way things went up the road. Yeah. Um, and United have good players, especially at the top end of the bat. That might not be scoring as many goals as they would like, but more scoring most most weeks. Although he's obviously got that wee knock. But guys like Mockery stepped up with a goal. Fotheringham stepped up with a goal. Glasses stepped up with a goal. Kujo, Kujo, yeah. you've got these these boys that United knew there was a lot of talent and but hadn't really seen it in Tangerine yet, and we're starting to see that. I think that's a really good sign. Um, they need to keep it going. I d- look. The thing is, I, I, last week we spent a big chunk of the United section speaking about our feeling that we could get a lot more from, see a lot more from Tony Watt. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there are other attacking players. We're actually on this podcast, we're not happy with United attacking. And they're top of the league and looking, mm-hmm. looking like they're going to win the league or be very difficult. To dislodge, and that's that's a great place to be yeah. at this stage of the season. Jim Goodman's philosophy is very much that if they don't give away anything stupid and if they keep a clean sheet, then they have enough in their team. Yeah. Whether it's through their effectiveness at set pieces, whether it's through their natural talent to score a goal at some point mm. in 95 minutes of football. And so far, that is a, a strategy that's getting to them to top league. Now, that's not to say that once they're comfortable in their shape and in their structure, you can't then be more expansive, but it's just it's building blocks. He mm-hmm. is building from the ashes of a team that was a shambles last mm-hmm. season. What well, is a new team as you yeah. mentioned? You went through yeah. the back exactly. four. It's, who's who's left from last season? Uh, Walton wasn't there. Grimshaw wasn't there. So effectively, it's, it's Scott McMahon. Yeah. Scott McMahon, and I'll tell you another thing: the Scott McMahon that's playing this season isn't <laughs> yeah. the Scott McMahon from last season. That is that is effectively a different player, given yeah. the level of confidence and the level of performance that he's putting in. So. There, there needs to be that initial focus on mm-hmm. just being hard to break down because it's the only way you can build a brand new team. You can't build a team from the front backwards. No. It's just not yeah. how it works. And you say the yeah. classic way to build a team is from the back forwards. Plus, with United, they were so bad at losing soft <laughs> goals last season. Yeah, that's it. That was the thing you had to address because it didn't matter how well they were playing going forward. If they were still losing those goals, mm-hmm. it would quickly erode confidence, wouldn't it? This weekend's a, a, an interesting one because I think we can now safely say, you know, as I say, joint best defensive record in Scotland. We can now safely say that structure's there. The boys yeah. all know what they're about in terms of not giving away anything daft. Queen's Park coming to town, team hemorrhaging goals 
And you would like to think at home, this is a weekend that Dundee United can look at the opposition and say, let's be a bit more expansive. Let's we'll get try chances. And, yeah. Exactly. We should yeah. get chances. And whether it's Louis Moult or Tony Watt that plays, I think they should be potentially licking their lips on this one. Mm. And it's worth saying, because you know, Tam mentioned them there, last week we devoted a fair amount of time to Tony Watt and lo and behold, he was indeed on the bench in Inverness. But see, when he came on for 65 minutes, really good, really, really good. And it was a reminder that, you know, he hasn't been playing in the position that he would primarily like to be playing in. Yeah. And when he came on as a number nine, as childish as it sounds, he did everything except from score. Is, he, it, it, was, is it just mm. a case for Tony Watt, as, as experienced a player as he is, he needs to go for his confidence. 100%. That's yeah. it. That's exactly it. He did. He did. I mean, as I say, it just seems like such a silly thing to say for a number nine, but he did everything except from put the ball in the net. And even then, he went clean through at a tough angle um, and almost thinks the ball perfectly over Mark Rogers. Doesn't do an awful lot wrong, but Mark Rogers makes a really good point-blank save. If that goes in, you're looking at a, a different moment. So, But in terms of leading the line, never stopped running, made blocks, made clever runs, linked up well. He did everything you'd want from the number nine, everything that we've been praising Louis Moult for. He just needs the ball to, to go over the line, but it was a far, far more heartening performance. And especially after being on the bench, being dropped, the disappointment of that, his attitude when he came on was was really exactly yeah. what you want. It was a, fine, I was on the bench, but here's what I can do when I'm brought on and, and given the chance. And I'll say it again. It's exactly as it's always been every time I've ever seen him play. He's got this sort of reputation as a, oh, I don't... Maybe it's this thing where he, he, throughout his career, when things weren't working out at a club, he would happily move on quite quickly. But that's not the... I've never seen any indication in performances by Tony Watt that it means he doesn't try hard when he's on a park. And no. he does, doesn't he? When he's on a football pitch, he's, and certainly, uh, particularly this season under Jim Goodwin, who is a manager who... Uh, first and foremost, values hard running and mm. work ethic. Um, he has lived up to that, and um, yeah, I, I thought he was. I thought he was good. Tony Watt's biggest problem, as we said last week, is I think his best position is playing as a number nine, and he performed very well as a number nine. But at the moment, uh, Dundee United only play one of those, and he's so the that's... one that's got the ability to play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You wouldn't put Louis, Louis Moult in Moult's behind. scoring the goals. I mean, you need to have number nine scoring goals. Yeah, it would be very interesting if, if Tony, if Louis's not quite 100%. I, from what I gleaned on and off the record at the start of the week, I probably wouldn't be playing Louis Moult yeah. this weekend. I think they could get by without him and with it being a wee muscle strain, I, I don't think that's one you want to risk. Just, just Ray Throvers the week after as well. Exactly, if Ray yeah. Throvers away the week after. So I would be saying... Louis Moult can go on the bench if we need him for the last 15 minutes, so be it. But let's give Tony a, a reward for the hard work and mm. that he's been doing in an unfamiliar position and the, um, the graft that he's been putting in and giving him, a, giving him a wee crack for a full kind of full game starting uh, as, as lead striker. And you've got the likes of Declan last last weekend's hero who can slot in quite comfortably behind Tony Watt. So it's a... With, with actually quite limited resources in terms of numbers up front there, mm. Jim Goodwin's got that ability to shuffle his yeah. forward pack a wee yeah, bit, he does, doesn't he? he does a wee bit. Um, I'm listening to what Alan's saying there. I say, take your eye off this championship at your peril. <laughs> Don't ever write <laughs> off oh, any team. Uh, Queen's Park, obviously, they took a, a bit of a doing from Area United. Uh, I agree plus. with Alan's point until yeah. I've got to pick the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's my job that's on the line. Then you go, oh, yeah, well, you'll yeah, probably... 
managers, I think, sometimes convince themselves it will be okay. Yeah, the, <laughs> That's yeah. when they got optimism. They, they did take a bit of a baton from Air United, um, who hadn't been going that great themselves. And notice that Logan Chalmers got a couple of goals. Who have got to say, going off on a tangent here, I watched him against Patrick Thistle and I thought he did quite well. Yeah, Logan Chalmers that. is doing well, yeah. So good to see him doing well. Yeah, watch out for Queen's Park. I mean, uh, they were a whisker away from being promoted last season, winning the, winning the actual league. They've got a new manager in, uh, Veldman, uh, mm-hmm. Robin yeah. Veldman. Interesting to see wh- where they're actually going, but I certainly wouldn't treat them lightly. I think what you're saying is right, Tom. I think we spoke about this. Um, you know, it's it's United being in the championship while it's, it's, it's a disaster for the club in terms of finance and, and you know, being out of the top flight as opportunities for some of their players. And I think we're seeing that some of them are actually Glass stepping up to the mark right. now. You, you're, you're messing guys like Mochrey, Glass, Meeks and Fotheringham. And it's a, you know, they've got to, they'll be encouraged by seeing their, their, their mates of coming out the sort of the youth team and actually being in that first team. And all be vying to, to do better than, than each other, which is a great position for, for Jim Goodwin to be in. But um, leaving Louis Moult at the team, to keep him for next week, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if he's fat, I think he starts. And in general about, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm biting my lip here, boys. I'll wait, I'll wait after the next two games. But when these two games, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in here with a band. And it will be, it will be uh, mid-October, I would point out. <laughs> but th- there's, you know what? And li- like we've said, there's, there's room for improvement going forward. But that's often the case this time of the season with, with teams. But there's a drive about them, isn't there? There's a determination. That, that there's a steal that seemed to take a year off last year. Because they had it before. They got through games, the close games, they took a point or three points. And they seem to be back to doing that again. And that's a big thing. Yeah, well, last season they kind of did what we said was impossible, which was try and build a team from the front. They signed yeah. like spent a fair amount on guys like Stephen Fletcher and Glenn Middleton and Dylan Levitt, who's more comfortable with the ball, and all these guys that are far more comfortable with the football at their feet and signed nobody, by the way, of a decent goalkeeper or somebody who can make a tackle. So what you're right, that steal took a year off, almost due to a combination of the team not playing very well, but partly just the personnel not being right, mm-hmm. not having the right players. So they've they've signed well during the transfer window in terms of addressing that and yeah they've got a steal back and they've got a, a drive back but that's that's in common with quite a lot of teams in, in, in the championship uh, over the course of the season it's about um, not only taking that but making your quality tell and there's definitely quality in that uh, in that final third and I think that will gradually um, start to start to click it was it was good to see uh, bear mentions Archie Meekerson it was good to see him get a, a start he's a player that when he's on the cusp of starting games he seems to you know either have a wee niggle or mm-hmm. he was going to start the SPFL trust trophy game against Dunfermline <coughs> and called up for Scotland under 21 duty and, and things like that but I know Jim Goodwin really rates him and it was a real vote of confidence for him to start instead of Kai Fotheringham with no Matthew Cujo so and um, Archie Meekerson hit the post had another three shots. No other player had more shots on goal than, than Archie at the weekend. So, um, chance for him to um, stake his claim for a jersey. And as Bear says, the guys like Declan Glass have proved that you can do that. Jim will give you the, the chance to grab a jersey and keep a jersey. So, um, yeah, inter- interesting selection options because you sit down to pick a, 
and 11 for Dundee United and particularly I would say in the midfield and wide areas there are different shapes and different personnel you can go with so interesting to see what he goes with at the weekend Yeah, just to, to correct my earlier er- error it wasn't Declan Glass who was the Chris hero Moffrey. it was Chris Moffrey yeah. but Point, it was point. Chris, Chris Glass. Aye. <laughs> nah, I'm just, United had a season off when it came to steel. This, this season, I just don't care about names. <laughs> What's in a name, I say. Exactly. But Mochrey again, so often this season, and, and it's noticeable, these tight games, young players coming yeah. up with a goal. It's great to see. I remember Chris Mochrey breaking onto the yeah. scene. It must have been ten years ago. I know, I know. Pete Rundle was telling me, yeah. a good friend, Pete Rundle was telling me about him. It seemed like an eternity ago now, and he's still, he's still here. Like so, like so many of these guys, you get the feeling it's never, never for them. I mean, some of them are just breaking in and will get a bit of time, but guys like, I think Mochrey and Glass in particular has got to be this season. They've got to start the United yeah. taking longer, but the signs are good. Yeah. Yeah. Across the road, Finn Robertson had, yeah. had a yeah. great, sort of impact early yeah, on yeah. and then had a few seasons struggling but it's, it's good to see it's good to see clubs sticking with these guys I read a, <clears throat> I read a, a statistic this week and shamefully I forget the Twitter account <laughs> it came from and I feel like I should give them a shout out it'll have been either the Arab Archive account or the DUFC Stats account so have a look at both of them and see if you see this stat but it was Chris Mockery's time between his first goal for the club and second goal for the club was the longest since Hamish McAlpine's first goal for the club <laughs> and second goal for the club. So that's how long it's been since Mockery broke into the team and scored his first goal. And you, you wouldn't think it for such a young player, but... Hamish wouldn't thank you for that, <laughs> seeing as he was the penalty taker at the time. <laughs> so from so from 16 years old to 20-year-old, you know, we still think of him as such ah. a young man, but he must feel like he's been around forever waiting for yeah. this opportunity. Mm. And especially coming back from Dunfermline, where he played a lot of football and won a league title, I know he was really desperate to hit the ground running and... Again, another couple of niggles and growing pains and all that sort of stuff as, as uh, you know, Jim Goodwin looks to bulk these kids up and make them more ready. And um, hopefully, I, I wouldn't, although, you know, his finish was nice and composed late on, I wouldn't necessarily be sure that he's done enough to, to start the next game, but he certainly put himself a little mm-hmm. bit further up in the pecking order, I would suggest. And while, while he let me down badly by not getting that winner uh, last Saturday, Declan Glasses, he, he's now having his... <laughs> longest run in the team. Yeah, he falls kind of in the same category as, as Chris oh, Mockery. He's a cracking player. He's Declan Glass is an outrageously technically gifted footballer. He does things with a footballer that uh, with a football that not does mean, things with a footballer. <laughs> that, that's for our late night podcast. We're <laughs> <laughs> drifting into libelous territory. Um, yeah, he does things with a football that not many in the Dundee United squad can. I would say probably him and Matthew Cujo, most technically, mm-hmm. uh, naturally gifted players there. And his goal against Dunfermline was a great example of that. There's just not many players in the second tier that, that are capable of that sort of goal and. He's now kind of uh, spoke to him after the game at the weekend, and he's really kind of relishing and embracing playing as a just as a normal midfielder, you know, not a mm-hmm. floaty in the hole type. Just just a normal midfielder can pick the ball up deep, can drive forward, can can get forward, can tackle, can just do everything, but uh, and and be properly involved in the game. And um, I f- I'm really delighted for him because. 
uh, he's had so many you know loan spells and mm. injuries and he's 23 years old now and he must have I'm sure had moments where he thought do you know what maybe this isn't going to happen at Dundee United yeah. and then in the final year of his contract maybe he's just doing enough to 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 establish himself and touch wood if United do go up then potentially he can become a you know, an important player for them in the, in the Premiership. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. But uh, I'm del- delighted to, to see a player that's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations get a wee, a wee run in the team. Could just being part of the squad be a great thing for Declan Glass? As Alan says, he's 23 now. Not, we've been speaking about the Cujos and the Mochres and others and stuff like that. And maybe, because, I mean, right up until the time I stopped covering games every week, when Declan Glass was coming on or was starting, you were like, here's the young lad, here's the young lad. And it, it, it does put put them apart and it puts a wee spotlight on them. And maybe just being, he's now Declan Glass, part of Dundee United's first team squad. Maybe he helps them just get on with things and it's a, he, he doesn't feel the pressure or, or, or the spotlight. Well, I hope so. I hope so. That, that that will help. I mean, anywhere Declan Glass has gone in, as Alan said, he's been out on loan quite a few times. Every manager's had good things to say about him. Yeah. But he's, he's always still ended up back at Tannadice. At and then put him on the bench. Yeah, yeah, for one reason or another. So he should feel part of the Dundee United squad the length of time he's actually mm-hmm. been at the club. But I'm sure he's aware of the situation. He's out of contract, as Alan says, in, in the summer, you know. So as, as I've already said, it's this is a massive season. It's never and ever for Declan Glass to really stamp his authority. It looks like he's going to be given the opportunity to do just that. And, you know... If, if Declan Glass can, can perform at a level we know he can perform at on a consistent basis, you know, it can only, only be beneficial to Dundee United going forward. And I see, looking at news elsewhere, poor Mark Berigriti, he's still here. Or is he here? Is he poor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's poor, but the unfortunate Mark, he's been very pedantic, <laughs> there, hasn't he? <laughs> Is he, is he actually working with the team? Training away? Yeah, he's still kicking about. Aye. It's, I mean, there's, 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 there's not a crazy... He's running out of windows now, isn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's an image. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's a darkened room. It's, I would suggest, yeah, it's probably now January before he moves mm-hmm. on. I would suspect that clearly nothing appealed to him um, in this window or any of the later closing windows in the summer. But um, come January he's then in the last six months of his deal he probably doesn't want to be um, going into the summer where he'll become a free agent saying to potential suitors I haven't kicked the ball in a year uh-huh. um, because that doesn't put you in a great position So some fans would say he hasn't caught a ball mm-hmm. too. yeah so I, it's controversial uh, is it? <laughs> are there many people out there claiming Mark had a good season last season? No, I don't think he did. Um, so I, I think it would be in his best interest probably in January to, to get out and, yeah, and show what he show, show what he can do and fresh start because um, stage his career. He can't possibly be as bad as he was last season. It must have been a, an accumulation of mm. factors um, because if if he was the standard of goalkeeper that he seemed to be last season, then he wouldn't have had the career he's had. So he needs to go out, get away from get away from Dundee United, get away from the negativity, go out and play his football and earn himself a permanent deal somewhere else come the come the summer. But it would have been, I think, beneficial for all parties if that could have happened earlier. But he needs to find a, a move that's attractive in location and financially, um, as attractive as, as Dundee United is, and, and there wasn't one forthcoming. And before we head over the street, 
big news from up north, Duncan Ferguson. One time United starlet. Inverness Cali manager. That was a bit out of the blue, wasn't it? Although... I'm waiting for Bear to take this one. He'll, 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 he'll have more Duncan Ferguson stories. Yeah, yeah, quite a few of them I can't mention on here, I've got to say. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a stunner, wasn't it? He just suddenly appeared on the scene and he, he was the manager. There's a few names in the frame. Um, and Duncan, Bold move by him, because uh, Inverness, a club, that are, uh, a club that repeatedly have said over the past couple of years, touch on this last week, that... Mm-hmm. They've not got a lot of money. Yeah. It's been a bit of a struggle in recent times for them. And he could have waited for another job yeah. to come three, up. Three years three is bold years. from Inverness. Yeah, yeah. As well. it is, it is, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's he's obviously up in sticks from from his home down. I think he's still based in Merseyside. Uh, yeah. Um, the good thing about Inverness is, uh, which is an attraction to a lot of players who end up there, is the airport is at Inverness, yes. which is, makes things a, a little bit easier. Um. But no, it'll be interesting to see how, how he does. Uh, you know, I saw his interview on the TV last night. I think it's many years, is it 30-odd, 40-odd years since he's he's been up here. I, don't, I, can't, I honestly can't remember. You know, it's, uh, it's a broke, long... 92 he broke. 92 with 30 right? years, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, his, his record as a manager is, is certainly up, up for speculation, I've got to say. Yes. He went to Forest Green. He did a fantastic... I mean, it's a, it's a almost, double gamble, yeah, isn't it, from I've, both yeah, sides? Yeah, it is. I've got to say, I mean... He, you just see Duncan Ferguson, and it is Everton, Everton because he was with Everton for so long, um, and he, he he finally makes a move to Forest Green, and you know it's a tough it was a tough gig for him. He, d- he didn't really set the heather on fire there. We don't know the reasons really for that, but to to make a big change and come up to to uh, Inverness is a massive massive change for him. I mean, I'm, I've got to say, what does he actually know about the championship? What does he know about Scottish football? He's going to have to learn pretty quickly, but he'll instill what he's what he's done so well as as a player, you know, the the drive and determination. You're yeah. looking for that from them. We said that on the Inverness team at, at the weekend that played Dungeon United, they should be doing better than they actually are. So I think that should give him hope that he can... It's always bad on when you go to a club and the players are at the bottom and they're at the bottom for for a reason, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're really a poor, poor side. But I don't see that with Inverness. They've still got good players there. So he's just, he's just got to point them in the right, Direction, but I do have to say a three-year contract uh-huh. for a club who's is struggling. Any championship club, given a three-year contract. I've never seen that before, straight, George. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's really really surprising. So that I mean, they put their they put their their, their heads. Uh, what do you think about it? Scott, Scottish football talking? It, it's it's got people in England talking. It, it, it's great that way, but it's it's a gamble, isn't it? Well, yes. we've, we've seen that before. We've seen that yes. before. I mean, when Dundee, when Dundee brought Boyer in last season, you know who who is this guy? But he had a vast amount of managerial experience, and you saw that that got him through that. So, I think it could go two ways. But Inverness, either we see a rapid improvement, or you know, it could all go Pete Tom. Tom, mm-hmm. I'm being honest with uh, you. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all fine and well saying it's attracted attention, and, and absolutely, and that is a good thing for a championship club. And in terms of attracting players as well, and his contacts and within the game are bound to be mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. But see, all that fades away the moment. If, uh, right now, it's good to be speaking about it here. Yeah, it, it, see, come December, if he's only won a couple of games and they're five points adrift at the bottom of the league, suddenly the fact that TalkSport are interested in speaking to him and Sky Sports yeah. News have mentioned Inverness on their yellow ticker means absolutely nothing. Um, so that's where the substance will kick in. And as Bear rightly says, it's so difficult to judge that managerial substance. 
coaching substance clearly is there. Uh, you don't get kept around by yeah. Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez and Roberto Martinez for window dressing. Just scared of him. Be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't nah. know. I think Carlo can probably think handle Carlo himself. Uh, Carlo would be okay. Uh, so uh, he's clearly, clearly a, a gifted coach um, in, in terms of management. This you know second chance, and it's another challenging one. It really is. But what I would say is, I agree with where I think Inverness Cali's squad is far stronger in the context of the championship than Forest Green Rovers was mm-hmm. in the context of League One in England. So it should give them a, a better crack at the whip. But they've still um, been very, very poor though. If they won a game this season, I don't think they've not they've even not in the League Cup. No, I think so, I think the the boys up north were saying it's the ten games without a, yeah. a win in all competitions. So Big job. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. uh, it is a tough one. Um, Time will tell, but it'll be. I mean, it won't. It won't be dull. And his interviews have already been really entertaining. Yeah. And he's a big character. And uh, championships are. It's a great division for drama and narrative, yeah. and, and well, uh, that you'll just add to it. Dick Campbell was his opponent at the weekend for his first Brilliant. first game. I mean, at least, at least they'll understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, after this, red cards. Right, George, moving swiftly on, mainly because I've got my flu jab right, right after this today. He says flexing his arms. I did. I mean, <laughs> what was that? that, that was, that's called cowardice. I was already feeling the pain of the jab. Um, what about that referee last Saturday? <laughs> What's his name, Monroe? David Monroe, yeah. Ah, well, he's got a mountain to climb if he's ever going to be oh, good. Boom, good. boom. Very good. Well, he didn't get anything wrong. I mean, the appeal didn't work, did it? Well, so let's, obviously let's, right. Before we get on to the the result and Dundee's fighting spirit, let's start with the Josh Mulligan red card. Yeah. You said it last week. There's there's something wrong with the way they're going into these uh, with Matthew Cujo's red card. With the way that they're approaching these appeals, it's basically you're guilty and we don't want to find find well, you innocent. I didn't say there was. It's something mm-hmm. wrong with the process. I just pointed out that it's, the appeal process is set to a very, very high bar. They don't go into these and say, as a standalone, let's pretend no decision has been made. Is this a red card? If so, I don't mm-hmm. think Kudrow's is, is upheld and I don't think Mulligan's is upheld. But they don't. They clearly don't go in with that mentality. No. They go in with the mentality of he's guilty unless you can definitively prove he's, yeah. he's um, yeah. not guilty of anything that could be considered a red card offence. And that is a pretty broad um, interpretation, really. So, um, you know, it's, it's up to a lot of people be, to say whether it's wrong or not. We should be surprised about the lack of it, but that's what you're saying is common sense. Go in and just look at it. Say, look at this incident. Did you think that was a red card? Just it, look at the incident. That's all you have to say at the panel. Just look at the incident. And I must say, my, my take on it, I was, I was disappointed in Josh Mulligan. I thought it, it wasn't was a, a clever tackle. tackle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wasn't getting the ball. But I didn't... From what I've seen about the criteria for red cards, I didn't see how it met it. He, he didn't endanger no. the opponent in any way. He wasn't showing studs. His foot wasn't high. It was just... Uh, if I'm his manager, I'm saying, well, you've done that before. Is it reckless? to stop. Well, that's... If, if he's nowhere near the ball, that's is it what, reckless? That's what... David, I thought there David was maybe Monroe more told, of an element of it was a trip. Well, Tony Dockett yeah. said after the game that David Monroe told him they upheld, he, after looking at the VAR, he went with his red card because it was reckless, is the word he said. So, yeah. Um, I mean, at the time, 
it was right, not right in front of the. I'd have used words the, like cynical or deliberate yeah. before I would use reckless. I must admit. Well, that's that's what he saw as. But when when I saw it at the time, I mean, it was right in front of the right in front of where the press box is, really. Um, and at no point did I expect the red card coming out. I have to say. Um, I was shocked. You could see Josh Morgan was shocked. You'd see everyone in the stand. It's just a standard booking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a booking. Um, That's maybe the most worrying thing about it is even even given the, some mistakes that referees can make, it was one that you looked at and it didn't cross your mind no. that the red card that he was, was in trouble. Out. Yeah, I think the referee. I thought it was quite a last challenge. I've got to say, but I didn't think it was a red card. Um, but if he was very quick to get the card out, Tom, I think you're, you see in England now, you very rarely see referees pulling the card out of their pocket instantly. That They'll have a wee think to themselves first before, where am I going with this? Everyone settles down. Mm-hmm. There's obviously players complaining, rightly so, of their, of their players being, being brought down or whatever. But you very rarely see a referee pull a card out so quickly. And he had the card out of his pocket instantly almost. Um, obviously, the situation calms down. It goes to VAR, you get a chance to take a breather on it. Mm-hmm. And he comes back, and everybody in the ground, even the Kilmarnock fans, I'm sure, are expecting him to rescind yeah. that. They can change it to a yellow. Well, you would think the VAR official is because he sent him to look mm-hmm. at it. Yeah, and he's, I know. Uh, oh, that's he, thing, he yeah. sort of stood for a second and, you know, it was like, sort of, look at me, and then looked at Josh Mulligan and pointed to the, you know, the tunnel. And it was. I didn't like the way it was. It was all. It all went about. You know, it all didn't happened. Like his body no, that, 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 that's right. I mean, he had the opportunity to change it, but he, he stuck with it. And as George said, it's it was a bit of a a, a reckless challenge from. Well, I'm saying it myself. Reckless. It was a bit of a silly challenge from. It's more. It's more of a trip. He's trying to. Uh-huh. I think it was that was the Danny Armstrong. Yeah. I, yeah. He's trying to clip him because he's. But he's Danny Armstrong is only as twenty yards away from the halfway line. Aye. You know, he's not bearing down on on goal Aye. or anything like that. So. I, think I would it, think Tony Docker has spent as long yeah. speaking to Josh Mulligan mm-hmm. about what yeah. was going through your head. Yeah. That you, that you should have you well, picked up a booking for The problem we do have with Josh Mulligan is so I'm yeah. making a similar challenge at Somerset Park yeah. last Christmas and he, he put his team down to 10 men as well. So he has to take that on board. He has to learn. He has to learn, learn from that. Um, Missing but, for two games now as well. That's, that's the big yeah. thing. I mean, you can kind of handle a, a red card in a game but the, decisions the, happen but the thing that annoyed me was, such a big player for Dundee there was one in the second half strength. where I think you know I think I think it was Luke McCowan I'm not sure was was bearing down on goals 10 yards from the Kilmarnock box and his side down from behind mm-hmm. and he gives a free kick and he doesn't book the Kilmarnock player nope. it's just you know it's so where's where's the sort of the, the thinking in that I don't I don't get that at all really but um, unfortunately for me it spoiled the game because the game was set up quite nicely yeah yeah, um, because Dundee had started brightly, but I thought it, Kilmarnock actually had the better chances early doors. Vassell mm-hmm. had a couple of really good chances and fluffed his lines a wee bit, and I thought Kilmarnock had the better of the game, a wee bit more in control. We've, we've spoken about Dundee's lineup, and I, I was speaking on the podcast last week, George, about mm-hmm. the four four two or the four three three. How quickly Dundee can drop it back to four five one if they want to. But on Saturday they didn't. They, they did play more like a four-three-three yeah, early doors. Yeah, on the pitch. But they yeah. didn't have so much control in the game. I thought, you know. Mm. But when the, obviously when the red card <laughs> happens, everything <coughs> changes. Mean. Everything changes. Dundee have to obviously, you know, re- readjust their lineup, and mm-hmm. it basically becomes a case of Kilmarnock are going to have the possession. Can they? Can they score the goals? Dundee are going to sit back and try and hit on the counter attack, and it spoiled the game for me a wee mm. bit. And then just before we get 
sort of more detail about yeah. the game to go from the from the ridiculous to the absolutely farcical. The Derek McInnes <laughs> red card incident. <laughs> I mean, uh, is it yeah. just me? Surely, does the referee say, "Del, calm down a wee bit"? It was very funny. Yeah, it was he funny. looks so embarrassed. That and was the ever, best thing about it. And as almost everyone said, what a terrible touch. It's bad enough getting sent <laughs> yeah. off, but he, he, he didn't control the ball. But I, 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 heard, it, uh, I heard it live at the time saying, oh, Derek, we could have been sent off. It's unbelievable. And then I watched it, and I watched it several times. The ball, the ball curled out of play, mm. probably landed out of play. Mm. Can the referee not see that Derek McInnes is actually just trying to kick the ball back? Yeah. Yeah, and it was all, a wee he, bit needs to, and all, was, yeah. all he needs to say is, "Come doing Dell, you're meant to stay your technical area." But did, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. To be fair to the referee in this situation, from where I could see in the the press box, he he was looking like he, he didn't want to send him off. He was like, "I have to do this." And he, to be mm. fair to me, they were kind of it was kind of convivial if a red card could be like that. It was. And Derek they were having a bit of a laugh about it, but yeah, it was just daft. He could, he could have just shrugged it off and went, you don't do that, by the way. I think if you went and showed the, the highest-ranking FIFA referee and official you could find, is, is, this what, is this what you're wanting managers ah. sent off for, for coming out of their technical area? I think they would agree. Yeah. No, it was just a wee bit of common yeah. sense in... Manage the game rather than yeah. uh, referee it. Because I don't think anyone's going to mark him down for that because the ball was dead. We get, I mean, it wasn't like he was stopping a, an attack or anything from the, the The game was pretty much done. I think it was like... The Maybe book him for time-wasting because his touch was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but just looking at the game, I, I was... Really quite impressed with Dundee, I have to say. I was going with to say, the Ashes all this farcical stuff speaking about the referee. A lot of character, yeah. eh? Yeah, with 10 men, I thought they looked fairly comfortable. They were obviously having to do a bit of defending and, and uh, protect their box, but come on, it really Once again, when George spoke about this about the Celtic, a lot of defending without the keeper having to make a lot of saves. Exactly, that's yeah. what I mean. That's why I was quite impressed with them, because mm -hmm. they looked comfortable. I think Tony Dorkett has talked about this before, uh, about being comfortable out of possession, and, and you can see that in them. There was a wee bit of bad luck with the, the goal, obviously. I mean, Shaughnessy slipped yeah. and then Lamy just steps out to follow Vassell, I think, and somehow the ball gets it's, through I five never realised how he managed it, but if you have a look at it, when I saw it again on, on television and I was blaming Owen Beck, I'm going, you got caught at the back post against St. Johnston, mm -hmm. if I remember rightly. Mm -hmm. You've been done again, but he doesn't. He takes up a really good position. Yeah. But what happens is the ball comes across, Trevor Carson goes to try and get it, and gets the slightest yeah, touch touches from and directs it right to Danny Lamy, Lamy yeah. was standing there yeah. exactly in the right place yeah. initially as well. It yeah, had I think he was probably doing the right thing and following yeah. Vassell, but had he not done that, yeah. he would have just cleared that. It was just one of those moments. But then I think they got what they deserved in the end with the equaliser. I was delighted for Zach Rodden, I have to say. Um, doesn't always get the no the plaudits at Dundee, and I can, I can understand that. But to be fair to the... The crowd Almost when scored he, seconds earlier, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And when he came on, to be fair to the crowd, I think you could have maybe expected a few people going on, yeah. why, you, why are you sending him on? Because obviously his previous mm. game at, at St. Johnston, he copped a lot of flags from a, a bit, snatch chance. He's a bit of a fall guy, yeah. There, there was a lot of support, actually, from but, the yeah, crowd I mean, when he was coming on, because I think they realised the position they were in and he was coming in. He's a boy that has a goal in him, though. But yeah. he said that he came, he came to Dens... And he said, I'll score 20 goals here. Now, he didn't, but only because he wasn't played. I think he might have got 20 goals in the mm -hmm. championship if he was playing on a regular basis. He has to improve. There's no, his hold-up play isn't quite there at the moment. But 
I'm delighted for him as well. Mm. He got that goal because against St Johnston, he comes on, he's got a chance to put the game to bed. He misses the target, and then against Kilmarnock, he came on, working hard. He gets the ball back to goal, and he turns and swivels kind of and shoots, and he yeah. slips a bit and he doesn't catch it right. And that to me, that sums up Zach Rudden for Dundee. Tam, mm -hmm. you know, it's always something that just doesn't quite connect, or it just goes wide of the mark, and he needs to score. But if you look at, at the goal, it's a great goal. He he wins the corner. He mm -hmm. goes down the line and works hard. It's, it's right at the death. We're, yeah. we're a couple of minutes into stoppage time. He works hard and, and makes sure they get something out of the ball that's, that's down in the touchline. It's a corner, comes in. I, I don't know who wins it at the back post. Is it Shaughnessy? No, no, Lamy. Lamy knocks yeah. him back into a great area, but he's still got to get there first in front of the defenders. And I was thrilled a bits for him. And as we spoke about on, on the United section, I felt like a victory for Dundee coming yeah. out of the ground on Saturday. And you, you, that can, you know, you don't know the, what the benefit of that will be going forward, you know, just the, the, I think getting two, that goal. Almost the the final two touches in Scotland on <laughs> Saturday were yeah. United in Dundee's goals. <laughs> never mind, you know, yeah. never mind their games finishing last. They actually both scored. but And, and a bit like United, there was a, there was a determination there. Mm -hmm. When they got, they, they pushed them, they drove forward, the 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 got in front of people, out-muscled people, and uh, it's good to see. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I spoke right at the start of the season about boxes being ticked, and, you know, you have to tick, you have to get goals, you have to get points on the road, you have to get points at home, you have to hold on when you're winning, you have to come back when you're losing. They did that on Saturday, another box ticked, you know, they go down, and when, when Kilmarnock scored, there was still, I think, 10 minutes plus stoppage time to go, but you look mm -hmm. at your watch, the way, the way football goes nowadays. Which is half an hour these days. Yeah, but look at your watch, it's, <laughs> it's quarter to five. So, I mean, you know, you think, oh, but, you know, that, that's just about, it's almost over. And there was quite a lot of Dundee fans, I think, had already left their seats and had gone down to the, the, the you know, the, the foyer area, just waiting for the ref to blow the final whistle. And it was absolutely mayhem, pandemonium down there, you know, as, as people were jumping up on the concourse sort of mm -hmm. thing as, as Dundee got that goal. Did right you from see that from the bar at the high yeah. corner? <laughs> no, no, I, saw, I, was, I was still in my seat. <laughs> I was still in my seat. But I'm hoping that uh, Zach Run can take great, great heart from that because I, I do think he's got a chance because Dundee don't look as though they've got a lot of goals in them. Mm -hmm. So there will be opportunities there and... and, and as much as I say he's got to improve his game, if he's scoring goals, he'll be in that team. He'll be in that team because Dundee need a player who's going to stick the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, and George, the other Zach seems he's not quite recovered from his injury the other week. Well, he recovered enough to, to, to play, start yeah. the game, yeah, and he looked okay, but then it looked like he got another whack or whether it was just the, the injury kind of flared up again. Um, and he went off for, for Rodden, uh, took his place on the, on the flank. But yeah, it's it's not quite working yet for him uh, in, in the Premiership. Obviously, it's a step up. Did very very well in the Championship last season, having to kind of adjust to the new league. He's also Bakayoko's the the number nine. He's he's mm -hmm. the focal point, and Robinson's having to play off him. Sometimes he's playing up with him. Other times he's playing kind of on the right wing, which is maybe something a wee bit different. He's having to do, do a lot more defensive work than he had to do last season. That's another thing he's got to. Get to grips with. Um, I thought Celtic he did re really well. I mean, he, he actually had a defensive job there to to stop Cal McGregor getting on the on the ball, which mm -hmm. you wouldn't really associate that with uh, Zach Rodden to him to do such a, a kind of crucial job for the team. But he did that really well. McGregor was barely in the game. Robertson gets clumped by the two boys, and McGregor suddenly free mm. chips the ball over the top, and Kyogo scores. Uh, so that kind of showed how what a good job he was doing it 
in an art front, but he needs a goal. It's almost a conspiracy theory you're suggesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no comment. Um, but it, he needs a goal. I think we can see that. He's, he's, whether he's fit enough to play he's, again at yeah, the weekend, we'll have to he's wait. Having to convert, he's having to convert his game because Dundee yeah. are going to be on the back foot more often than not. So he's going to be asked to do something different. And to stay in that team, he's going to have to do that and, and still try and get himself on the mark as well. So he's learning as he goes. Baki Yoko looks at as you'd expect oh, that he's he's in a, he's eight or nine years down the line. Yeah. Compared to Robinson. So he's been about the block, but he looks as though he's got something about him in terms of link up play. Um felt sorry for Scott Tiffany on Saturday. He was he got taken off a half time obviously as, as it changed things around. That was, that was a wee injury, Doctor. Was it? Ah right, it's okay. Wee, okay. Wee I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to hear that as well because I don't think we've seen the best of Scott Tiffany yet in, in, a, in a Dundee shirt. I think he's got more more offer. Very hopeful at the way he started yeah. in the League yeah. Cup, but it's not quite. Had a, had a good game against St Johnston mm. when he was played out wide, and he was given that role again on Saturday. But uh, obviously, when the, the game changes, when Mulligan has to go off, and again, everybody has to slot him. But to be fair, that's what you've got squads for, and, and Finn Robertson, Robertson comes on. Goes on on that left hand side and does a, does a does a great job. You I think know? he's been very good. Yeah. yeah, and you can see why Tony Docherty has been been picking him. You know and. Um, although Mulligan's out the team, that will offer opportunities to other players to get him. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen much of last last season's star, Lyle Cameron, player of the year, young player of the year. He's, he's hardly getting a kick of the ball this season yeah. so far, so it may provide him with an opportunity to get in the team. You know, the, the guy still has not really been shown much, so they've got players there. He's got he's got a good squad. Um, they'll have taken heart from that performance. I'm really looking forward to going to Easter Road on Saturday. I, I, you know what, I, I was thinking that coming in. It's a thing... The, Maybe not enough's made of in Scottish football. Saturday, there's nothing worse than when they change your away games at Tynecastle or Easter Road from three o'clock on a Saturday because yeah. that was always one of my favourite days out. Well, somebody just Scottish somebody football. just told me last night that done very the game often on, the game was the only black spot. Like you'd be able to tell us, George, November fourth has been switched. Yeah, because of the because semis. Of the, the League yeah. Cup semis. That's a real disappointment because that's one of the highlights of the Aye. season going to Tynecastle on a Saturday afternoon. So. Yeah, but looking ahead to Saturday, yeah, Hibs, different proposition. Nick, M- Nick a, point, a point yep. on Saturday, three points against, or three points if they wish, if they yeah. want to go all out. Yeah. Mean, don't let me stop you. Three points against Ross County, and then it's it's a nice bit of momentum building. Yeah. And That's a big ask against Hibs away from home, given how resurgent they are at the moment. No, I think if you were going to play Hibs at any point, this is probably the worst time to go mm. to Easter Road. So oh, stop, I admire Bear for being bringing, positive about no, that. Stop bringing me down. I'm resurgent. I, 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 I would say, obviously, the new manager's coming. He said, he said a, a good start. Um, but, you know, I'm not going there with trepidation. I mean, I think... I'm, I'm really interested to see. I mean, Owen Beck has been a real star for Dundee this season, real pace, but he's going to be yeah. against Martin Boyle if, if, if something Boyle likes to play through the middle of you. But, if, I, but if he's on the right and Beck's on the who, who's the best over 100 yards? You know, because I think it's, it'll be a, a real good race, I think. Um, but Dundee, Dundee are set up well. You know, they've got to go, they've been <coughs> defending. They're still losing, you know, too many goals. But you can see there, there's, there's, a, there's a penalty on, on, on Saturday, you know, and a wee bit of bad luck. But they need to get... They need to get the clean sheets going, Tom. That's I think for for me to be a bit more convinced yeah. that Dundee are going to stay in this division, they need to find a few more clean sheets sheets in the next run of five or six games. It is, it is that thing that George touched on me touching on in the past. Yeah. If you don't mind too many touches in one go. <laughs> Until now, Dundee Dundee look a solid defensive unit, but there's a couple of mistakes a game that's mm. costing them dear. 
they have to be fair <laughs> go into conspiracy theory again the last couple of games penalties have been mm-hmm. pretty unfortunate that have been the first goal they've conceded I mean the, the handball against Kamana the, these days it's a handball but what can Bakayoko do the Celtic one was debatable I would say um, they have been a wee bit unfortunate Maybe they might get a bit of See, see, see there's the handballs and, and they say the arms are it's in an unnatural position. I, I'm amazed at that. In football, when you're moving, your arms go... They do go all over the place. They go everywhere. You know, They'll I mean, change they, it again I, soon. You can see people, if you saw, looked at Reform Street and saw people walking down the street with their hands <laughs> tied to their sides, you know, you see yeah. what's wrong with that person. You think it's a Reform Street Friday night? <laughs> yeah, but your arms move about even more so when you're playing football, so... It's a hard course. It's in an unnatural position when you're throwing yourself into challenges. I always, I always laugh when you see p- defenders going across like penguins trying to make a challenge in the box. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Saying, eh? But that's the rules. I try to understand, as you know, and sympathise to an extent with referees as much as possible because it is a tough job and mm-hmm. uh, and controlling and a sort of ever um, changing and faster than ever sport is a challenge. But handball is the one thing that. I've just given up trying to get my head around. No, no, I've smart. read, I've read the rules. On, I sort of understand them, but there is you can drive a bus through the interpretation. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. That's I remember what gets when me. John, just, you, you've got a sad life, Alan. You've read the rules. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on handball. <laughs> I read. Uh, to be fair, it was uh, it was in the aftermath of when, read them all. <laughs> when when United got the the penalty at Celtic Park for mm. Bernard Base. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, oh yeah, handball. Yeah, yeah. When the boy. You know, jumped so his his hand was behind him. It was a it was a sort of uh, I don't know a, a relatively understandable movement. But even after VAR, the, the penalty was given, mm-hmm. and you know it's worth a moments like that actually checking the, what the rule says. But the rules have changed since then. Yeah, and the rules so, have changed yeah. again. Yeah. So it's it's uh, yeah it's. I was going to say. I remember when John Brown was Dundee manager. He said to us one day, he said you'd be as well just saying if the ball hits your hand, no, it's a penalty. Mm. No. And his reason, uh, you, no. well, you're saying no, George, but but that is a simple and easy to understand rule. I'm not saying it's fair. And by the way, it's a rule that applies in hockey with feet. If you hit, if yeah, you hit so. the ball off an opponent's foot, it's a foul to your team. And depending mm. where on the pitch, what the but then attackers st- stop trying to score goals; they just kick it off the ball. Yeah, yeah, but, it, the, but 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 what the point is? I'm not I'm not saying they should bring that in, but what what I'm saying is I, I yeah, totally okay. understand it because at least then it is understandable. Mm. Mm. Just now you go. I mean, I, my preference would be go back to the days where you basically well, he he definitely didn't mean that. It's not a penalty, and then. Again, allowing referees a bit of leeway, a bit of common sense, and I, he definitely didn't mean that, but he's standing on the line and the ball crosses the line after it, if it doesn't hit his mm. hand. Yeah. So I feel I have to give a penalty. But they don't want that kind of sort of I think, give I think, and take and common sense in the game. Well, so I think what, what fan, do you do? fans nowadays with time, they, they, you'll see incidents where the games go on and suddenly they'll say they're checking VR for a possible pen yeah. handball and everybody in the ground is actually going what? what, what actually? nobody's actually seen it no, none of yeah. the players have actually no, no. you know claimed for a penalty kick or anything like that so you're you know you're looking into things maybe a wee bit too deeply but there's another idea you know? I mean something, something that no, it's not a sport everybody loves cricket uh, the LBW law on cricket is dependent only comes into play when someone appeals mm-hmm. If you don't appeal, the umpire's like, well, right. I don't have to get... I, I'm 
I'm not obliged to give this. It's it's you've got to ask me, and that might be that. I mean, even if they put the word out, guys, <laughs> if no one's appealing, play on. Although then you get appeal for everything. Then you get folk <laughs> like us on podcasts or, 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 or the BBC and Sky later that day going. Why didn't why didn't VAR pick that up? So I mean, it is it's a difficult one. I can't believe you brought cricket into the in the Twelve <laughs> One Street podcast. You've never liked. It. <laughs> you used to get a wee bit in the paper, just a wee I'd, bit. A wee bit when, when you were when you were sports editor, a very wee bit. It was a disgrace. I had a whole afternoon to sit and read things, and you know that anyway. Moving swiftly on, and before the clock beats us this week, we should highlight Kami Kerr's testimonial. November 16, against the Celtic Select, George. Yes. Um, well deserved. Definitely. Hope I mean, he gets a good turnout. Just turned 27. And he's... No, 28, sorry. And he's... I think. I've got... Tied myself in notes there. But he's very young for a player. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is very young, that is a wee bit like that, isn't it? it used, in the olden days, time, you got your testimonial, you got your money, you went and opened, Could the, pub, be a opened, opened the wee pub somewhere and Aye. retired. Cammy's still going to be around for another yeah, 10 years. I don't either. think he'd be opening a pub anyway. He's not, <laughs> <laughs> he's not that kind of boy. No. Can you get two testimonials? Yeah. Could, Morris Malpass. Oh, you could, you could he see could. Cammy playing till 38. And he's not going to go anywhere. So. No, no, he's, no he's Cammy fit. would love to play for Dundee. He's fit enough. And, he, and yet again, I've got and he's to, doing a job. I've got to yeah. came on last week and did a terrific job. Another manager. That, yeah. I mean, he's, his first manager was John Brown, who we've already spoken before. I'm trying to think how many managers he's been through. Oh. But. Yeah. Quite a lot. There's been a few that have, that have that's just, that's just written him itself, off. Isn't it? There's a few that have written him off, and he's, he's proved them wrong and got back in that team, and he's he keeps doing it. And, and he's why still, does he write them off? Because they come in and they go to places like Parkhead, Ibrox, yeah. Easter Road, Tynecastle, Petodrie, and they go, wait a minute, this lad he can defend. Mm-hmm. Well, he's always been a fullback. Yeah, that's yeah, his job. He's he's maybe not the best attacking fullback, but he, he's even got better than that mm-hmm. side of his game. Mm-hmm. But his main job is defending, and I often think, especially with fullbacks, if you're playing for a club like Dundee, yep. you're going to be defending more than you're. You're not Andy Robertson or Trent Alexander Arnold <laughs> running down the wing all day because you're not going to get the chance to do that. So the first thing you have to do is defend. As the, I think you'll be. I expect he'd probably start on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's the kind of game. Yeah, he's got struggling a again and away from home. And but against. The speedy attackers that Hibs have got, they're mm-hmm. tricky ones. I think Kamikir's suited to that. To, if you want to try some, stop. I somebody a good one on one, somebody yeah. to go direct duels against Martin Boyle, Kamikir's not, yeah. not bad. Obviously, one they know each other as well from his time at yeah, Penn, so absolutely. that'd be interesting. Martin um, Boyle's going to be knackered. Bear's got him on one <laughs> side, you two have got him <laughs> on the other side. Martin Boyle's that sort of player, though. He does, he floats around How the world. How old Joe Shaughnessy cope with Martin Boyle? Him and Ellie Ewan will switch and swap, which poses a challenge in itself because they're both very fluid and versatile as well has been whip it fast so yeah uh, challenge for whichever flank he ends up on we shall see great stuff if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on itunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find twa teams one street and that means a lot to us Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice 